As you can see, it's 8.02 and I'm a little bit late <clears throat> getting started tonight. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that. But uh, while we're getting underway and the music is playing, so I don't know if you've listened to prior podcast episodes, but uh, this artist is one of my new favorites, I should say. He is uh, Samuel Medas out of Guyana. He sings Caribbean contemporary gospel, and I love it. He's young. He's actually in his 30s. I'm in my 40s, and hey, you know, it's okay. The youth, the younger persons can teach us. In fact, I learn from them every day, including my own children at home. So yeah, welcome to Healing of the Heart podcast, episode number five. I'm so excited to be here tonight. I don't know. Did I ever say how much I enjoy doing this? I do. I have a lot of fun doing this. Uh, but uh, going back to Samuel Madas, I like the song. It says uh, the title of the song to be accurate is The City. He um, is another um, artist, John Yardy. I, like, I hope I'm saying it right. So I'm going over this really quickly because I want you to know this is not my music. It's Samuel Madas' music. And I'm so grateful for it. Uh, because these words really, they're very sentimental and meaningful for me. They, they're very reflective, you know? Uh, if you hear the words, they say you couldn't. A lot of people say things about what you and I cannot do. And by the uh, theme of the song, it's a Christian spiritual song. Uh, but if you're not a Christian, um, the words are inspiring. It just simply says that you can accomplish uh, whatever it is in your life that you believe in. And so I like this song and a lot of his music. So if you get a chance, look up Samuel Medes. So uh, I'm going to pause him for a second now and just give a quick introduction, although I think I've already started. So a couple of things. Um, I was mentioning earlier that, um, that I got started late, and I'll tell you a little bit more about that. But let me just finish doing my introduction uh, very quickly. So I am Keisha Henry. I <laughs> This is a brand new or a new brand podcast that started about maybe about a month ago now. And it is um, surrounding um, my new book, uh, Healing of the Heart, and hence the title for the podcast, Healing of the Heart. So yeah, I am Keisha Henry, and I am the author of uh, Healing of the Heart. And I am a licensed uh, clinical social worker, psychotherapist. And what else should I share about me? Uh, that I am an enthusiastic uh, writer, um, field educator. I also teach fellow social work students to become, you know, future, clinician, uh, future clinicians rather like myself. 
And uh, what else can I share about? I'm a mom. I'm a, um, you know, I'm a mother, and I am a wife. And those are some tough roles. Um, if you're listening and you can relate, just give me a thumbs up or just kind of pat yourself on the shoulder because you know that this is true. So just a, a brief introduction, you know, as to who I am and how this podcast came about. And if you happen to read a little bit about my bio, it did tell you a little bit about, you know, how this book, Healing of the Heart, you know, came to be. And if you listen to episode one, really, you can hear more about that. So I'm not going to get too much into that. But I always like to introduce that part about myself. So when persons are listening, that they can begin to make a connection with me, because ultimately, that's this, this is what this podcast is about. It's about making a connection within yourself in a healthy way and being able to expand out and to connect to other persons in, in, you know, in a community uh, fashion. And that community can exist here via this podcast or you know, in your place of work or um, church or whatever it is that you have as a community. But being able to connect with yourself and other persons are really what it's really life is all about. To be able to have this configuration within the mind of the different parts of us. Um, and by that, I mean your physical, your emotional, your cognitive, your spiritual, your cultural. These are all parts of us. And when they're not in harmony with each other, there's no way that we can have stable, interdependent relationships. So ultimately, I'm hoping that with my introduction, every podcast I do it because I want persons to really hear my voice and get a feel for who I am. Yeah, so not because I am a professional, I'm also human, which is I think is the better part. Um, the other part of me gets to balance out um, what I do from day to day, whether it's at home or it's in my practice. And I have to tell you, um, I did say earlier that I'm really happy to do this podcast. Um, it's an extension of the work that I do and the life that I live honestly. So that's my introduction, uh, which then takes me over to tell you the story about, so what happened tonight? So this podcast started late tonight. And it is so, I think it really goes with the topic, which is when the obstacle is you. And let me just say that I think a lot of persons listening or who will listen to this podcast can relate to this, uh, when the obstacle is you. I think I did title it, when the obstacle is you, sis. <laughs> My daughter said to me, Kyra, she says, mom, that's really cute. <laughs> I get a lot of these uh, sayings from her you know, sis and my son, they talk about bro and, you know, different things like that. I think it's cute. So my son at home, he is 20 and my, my daughter, Kyra, is 16. Elizabeth has just turned 13. So, you know, I, I have a little spread there. So I get to learn a lot of different things. And um, especially my son, James, he has different dance moves. And, you know, I try, I try to get in with him. I think it's kind of cool. But the point here is that just sharing, um, just one of my roles and um, how even though it can be complex that it's still good to learn from them. So some of the lingua or language or jargons that I use because I learn from them, not because I know them personally. You know, I learn from my kids. I think we can always learn from them. So let's go back to what happened. So I mentioned that this topic I think is relatable when the obstacle is you, when things get in the way. So this podcast is late tonight starting because just right, like an hour right before I got on, my stomach became violently upset. I went to one of my uh, cousin's birthday party, and I typically don't eat pizza and things like that. If you know, if anyone know, you know, if you know anything about me, 
I'm very kind of particular about how I eat. I've always been a picky eater, but since I've become an adult adult, I really, well, I'm hypoglycemic too. If you didn't know, I'm hypoglycemic and I have to watch how I eat because if not, then my sugar just kind of gets out of control. And from what I'm told that's uh, pre-diabetic, I don't want to have diabetes. So I'm very careful about what I eat, but I did step outside the box tonight and I had some pizza and my system didn't like it. And my stomach was violently upset. My husband had to make me some ginger tea, thank goodness. And that helped me tremendously. So while I was working through that, I said, look at this, look at this obstacle. And of course, all kinds of thoughts went you know, off in my head. And I was panicking a bit because I'm like, I haven't done a podcast in about three or four weeks. So let's talk about that. That was another obstacle. I had a guest who was scheduled to be on um, the podcast with me and on the day of the podcast canceled. And so I was just thrown and I was not going to come on into a podcast that is not authentic. I will not do that. I have to be authentic like you're hearing it now. So this just goes to show, I'm not sure if you saw my Monday Power Tip, you know, talking about, um, you know, being able to move through even though things happen. You know, one of my Monday Power Tips talking about an obstacle is just an obstacle. That's all it is. Quit thinking like it's more than what it is. It's just an obstacle. Meaning that, you know, you stare it down, you do something. My daughter said, Mom, are you going to cancel tonight? No, I'm not. If I had to get on here late, yes, I'll get on late and I'll explain, but I'm still going to do the podcast and I'm still going to see it through. So, yeah, every time, you know, um, here's another example of my book, which is Healing of the Heart. I think it's a good time to talk about the fact that my book is also delayed. My book should have really fully launched September 18th. It did not. I had um, the first set of publishers, that a uh, publishing person that I was working with. Uh, there were quite a few issues that came about at the last minute, and they were not properly handled. And that threw me into a world of just, I don't know, fury, honestly. And I had to, you know, scramble and to just really, and when I say scramble, I mean, I had to, I was scrambling emotionally. I was very upset. And <clears throat> I had to take a step back, regroup. <laughs> And it worked out. I have now a better publishing company. They're international. But before that happened, I had to decide if I was going to go through with this. And so that was another obstacle. So what I'm saying is, you know, when obstacles come, depending on, you know, the commitment you have inside will determine if you will see this through. And a lot of times what's going on inside of us, you know, that takes me back to what I said earlier. If we have harmony within ourselves, if we can better connect to ourselves and understand, then we can be able to maneuver the things that come to us, the obstacles, because they will come. The obstacles do not have to beat us. We don't have to become this obstacle, uh, but what can you do about it? So yeah, that's part of what happened in terms of this podcast being late tonight and the po I didn't do a podcast and life happens, but you know, being stuck is one thing, but do you decide to move and go forward? So I figured I would just kind of throw that in there because I'm sure other persons are wondering what happened to the last podcast. Well, I'm going to tell you the truth. That's what happened. But also what happened is that I decided to move through. So let's continue then. I'm going to pause here and uh, play a little bit more music um, while we wait for other persons to join or perhaps maybe have questions for me tonight. I don't know. But uh, dig in, you know. Um, I don't know. Grab a blanket. I have my blanket around me. Um, <clears throat> It's not cute for me tonight. I have a little time on my head because I'm actually 
doing a green effect on my hair. <laughs> so, um, you know, and as and funny, I thought about recording it live tonight, but in my condition, no, I'm just not going to do that tonight. Uh, but I'll just dig in, grab your blanket, grab your cup of tea. I do have my ginger tea. And we're going to dive in. We're going to continue to talk about, you know, when the obstacle is you. All right. So listen a little bit more Samuel Madaz while you're diving in. And I'm going to throw my blanket around me and grab my cup of tea. So I'll see you back in about a minute. So it's 8.15. So um, typically, I like to also talk about what this podcast is not. And I, I do it every episode that I do. It's a good reminder, not only for you, but for me, right? Everything I talk about goes from, it, you know, really is for me first. Uh, because uh, <laughs> you can't really try to teach others if you don't really teach yourself. It doesn't make sense. It's very hypocritical. So what is what this podcast is not, it's not blaming others. It's not judging yourself harshly or criticizing yourself harshly or others. It's not. It is a judgment-free zone. It's, um, if not, then what happens is that we don't leave room um, to be curious or to be open um, to possibilities. And I like to say it like that because it's true. And even when I'm practicing, I teach on this a little bit more. Obviously, the podcast, I can't go in depth about that, but think about that. Oftentimes, we grow up with these uh, uh, ways of being, you know, these kind of, um, this thinking, this mindset. And so it's a judgment-free zone. So we're not going to point fingers. We're not going to blame. We're not going to be critical. We're not going to be harsh. Why? Because uh, it doesn't leave you any room to do anything else. And so when we don't have the option to do anything else, then clearly the agenda is set. And it's not one that's going to give you the relief or opportunities that you want for yourself. So then what is this podcast then? So some ground rules, it's a, it's a judgment-free zone. Um, it's a place where you get to begin, if you haven't already, you know, um, decide to be curious and to be open about, I don't know what it is that you're carrying in your heart, um, your experiences, or perhaps you've observed um, others and um, perhaps they are they mirror your life or you know you're thinking about the impact this situation had or situations have had on that particular person that you've observed so rather than pointing fingers and blaming and going on in that cycle tonight we're going to continue um, to underscore and to emphasize the importance of uh, being curious and being open um, so we don't continue to self-fulfill judgment criticism you know and blame 
uh, because obviously that takes us really nowhere. So um, I believe that if we're not able to do the curiosity and to welcome that part, then this topic really has relevance then when the, when the obstacle is you. Because ultimately, um, it is very clear that most persons, most of us, if not all of us, you know, grow up in environments where um, we're judged. Uh, you go to school, you're judged. I mean, every fabric of society is set up that way. And I also like to repeat, where did that come from? If you get a chance, look it up. It's called Division of Classifications. It's about stratifying and having control. Because without control, then the mindset is, well, everything will be chaotic. Not necessarily. People still have, a, you know, goodwill. And still people have a choice to choose. But unfortunately, a lot of us did not get that. So we essentially, you know, um, become adults uh, in more complex relationships with the same set of skills that are, you know, not beneficial. So here, you know, we're, we're on this, in this podcast, in all of our episodes, I underscore this as a principle, as a concept that we can use to begin to heal, to begin to, um, you know, look at, um, scrutinize and analyze. Um, so therefore we can become better. All right, so this topic, I think it's, it's relevant then to take a look at when the obstacle is you. Right, so we're going to spend a few minutes talking about, um, <clears throat> so who are you? And, you know, the funny thing is, who are you is the running theme. I love this. The running theme in our women's self-esteem and self-improvement group. Um, if you get a chance, you can look um, on our website at ndhilc.org or on our Facebook page or anywhere that we, uh, we have information about our group. I think it's also on Event- Eventbrite you will see um, our poster, it says, who are you? Because oftentimes, we're not really sure who we are. I mean, it's interesting for me personally, um, and also, you know, in, in the practice, the women I work with, whether it's in groups or individual or family, oftentimes the question really comes back down to, so who am I? Why do I do this? How is it I think this way? Or why is it I keep making the same decisions? So in our, in our women's group, um, so many times as adults, you know, we, women, we live from a, a place of judgment. We live, you know, we think, we think about it. We live from a place of, how do I look? Who's going to like me? Does my hair look good? Is that the right lipstick? I don't know. Shall I wear that shoes? Um, are they going to look at me funny? You know, all of those things point to one word, judgment. Hmm. Right? And so... That's typically, you know, how all of us um, are raised, honestly. And, you know, across culture and ethnic backgrounds, this is pretty much the same, you know. Um, It doesn't matter where you go. Um, Most girls, most women, this is is the order of the day. And so it's interesting then, you know, to ask, who are you? Who am I? And I'm going to pause and say, um, I'm really passionate about that question. You know, who are you? Who am I? Um, so I'm really passionate about, um, you know, working with women, um, for women to have um, a healthy self-esteem, to be able to um, understand themselves, to connect to themselves and to other people. I mean, other people, their children, their spouse, just relationships, you know. So, and I have to tell you, um, I do believe that uh, this is definitely my calling. This is definitely 
what I'm supposed to be doing, which is why I love doing this podcast so much. Again, it's an extension of what I do. So having a, a, a poor self-esteem can really be expensive. It can really be expensive, right? It can be expensive in the relationships, again, that you're able to navigate or not, right? So we don't have to keep going over that. But it can be expensive in not just the relationships, but perhaps how you navigate your life. Um, it can be expensive and, you know, you're not really sure about yourself. And so the things that you really want to do or accomplish for yourself, um, you don't do them. You know, um, for some persons, it may be. Um, I simply just, if you listen to one of my episodes, wear that red lipstick. I just want to wear a red lipstick, but won't do it because you're afraid that somebody might think that it looks ugly on you or uh, maybe those simple things, right? <laughs> Or like me, I didn't wear a red lipstick for a long time because I thought that that might portray me to be a whore or to be, you know, slutty or to be, you know, ungodly or just, you know, not ladylike. You know, those are judgment-based thoughts, right, in a mindset. Where that come from? Obviously, that came out of culture for me and um, just hearing that over and over again as a child. So let's go back. We're talking about when the obstacle is you. I'm gonna keep repeating that throughout. So who are you? So, you know, who exactly are you? I'm gonna pause again for you to think about what I just said. In summary, I said, well, we grew up with um, these um, judgment-based, um, filled environments, conversations, and interactions. And I talked about how um, this can happen in various environments. It happens at home, at school, it doesn't matter. It happens all around us. And unbeknownst to you, I mean, just unconsciously, these things are just forming, just forming away at your personality. You know, it's kind of like baking a cake. You just kind of put this in here, put this in there, and before you know it, that's what you get, you, you know? And truth be told, a lot of times those things are going in, you know, when in, into, our, into the makeup of who you are and you're not really aware. And I'm gonna say this, when you become an adult, when things are much more complex, you're still not fully aware. You have some ideas, but you're still not aware, and which is why, or possibly, so we talk about the how and why, which is probably why you do the same things over and over. You're not getting different results, rather. You get the same ones, and you're feeling sick inside. You're feeling unaccomplished. You're feeling fearful. You're feeling just like you're not you know, meeting your full potential. Um, and so we have to ask the question then, who am I? How did I get here? How is it that I am still feeling this, ugh, you know that, that feeling that you perhaps can't put a, a name or a word on? Uh, yeah, who am I? So that was a summary in terms of talking about um, the topic, you know, um, when the obstacle is you. So then, how is it the obstacle is it's still you? So it begs the question then to ask, who am I? What went into making me me? So much so that over the last 10 years or over the last 15 years, 20 years, this is, this is where I still am. This is, these are the things that I'm still doing or these are the things that I'm still allowing, okay? Um, in fact, I remember, um, Another, another point um, that speaks to this or underscores what I'm talking about, I'm not sure if you saw, um, I think it was, I forgot which Monday power tip it is, and I'm gonna read that. I think it's important to read that here. We're having a conversation. It's a community conversation. So I'm gonna read to you 
um, the Monday Power Tip that I did um, a few weeks ago was speaking about who you are and what the things that we approve. So we're still self-fulfilling the judgment-based mindset, the judgment-based mentality, which turns into our judgment-based actions in terms of how we live out our lives. And so here's the quote that I, 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 I place. Oftentimes as women, we hurt ourselves by the return of what we give being the validation we seek, especially from men. So what, what does that mean there? So oftentimes we get hurt because we, we keep giving what we think we need to give to get what we feel we need to get because we've never gotten it. So oftentimes we get hurt by the return of what we give. So whatever we give, we think we're gonna get that back as the validation that we seek and we don't get it back. So you think about this judgment-based mentality, judgment-based attitudes, you know, things that you fully don't understand. And these things that you fully don't understand, really, they have become you, who you are. And until you pause and question those interactions, mm, well, first of all, they need to become, they need to come into your consciousness. Uh, and which is why these questions are really important then for you to start thinking about uh, these uh, interactions or uh, the mindset uh, or the attitudes that were given to you. But now tonight, you're hearing this podcast, you need to be thinking about, are these things um, things that I still need to be accepting, right? Because again, if you're looking on how you connect to yourself, if it's not a healthy connection, okay, if you're not healthy connecting to yourself, if you're not feeling good about yourself, then chances are that's going to show up in how you make decisions about everything in your life. So the question then is, where we need to start is who are you? So we're gonna pause there for you to consider the summary that I, well, the introduction that I just gave um, and the questions that I am putting to you for you to start considering, you know, what went into creating me? We're gonna pause here and we're gonna play a little bit more of Samuel Madax. I want you to consider that. All right, I'm back. So, you know, remember the example I gave earlier talking about the, you know, the setback that I had, uh, you know, um, this is a good time to talk about that. Um, when I talked about the, the book being delayed, when I talked about how I had ops coming on tonight, I have to tell you, not because, you know, uh, we grow, Right. Some of you listening perhaps have grown and have overcome, you know, some things in your life. I'm sure you have, um, because if you didn't, uh, you wouldn't still be here. Um, but then perhaps you have some, you know, leftover things. You have some residue of things that you probably still need to, you know, to get rid of or work through. So either way, I have to tell you that when things don't go the way that you plan, 
or the way that you want, like I've explained tonight, you know, sometimes that old self, the one that was given, right? <laughs> sometimes it tries to show up. It really does, you know, like, ah, who are you to think you can do that? Uh, you know, wh why are you gonna bother anyway, right? So these parts will show up as in to, to, to want to invalidate, you know, the new you, the one that you've chosen for yourself, the one that you choose to approve. Okay, what you approve, what I approve for myself. And I have to tell you that it happens and it will happen. But the good news is that the more you understand who you are and the more intentional you become about what you want, then those old parts, they don't show so frequently. In fact, they lessen over a period of time because you become stronger and stronger. You know, I often um, ask the question, I probably asked you on this podcast before, but you know, before you were born, did you know who you are? Who you are? Did you know yourself? No. Did you know your parents? No. Right? And they didn't know you either. So none of us are born knowing anything. We're born learning. So if we can learn these ways of being, these judgmental, you know, uh, mindsets, repressed, you know, shoved away, you know, speak when you're spoken to, answer when you're called, know your place. If we can learn that, then we can learn, we can, we can undo them and we can learn um, more wholesome ways of being, more wholesome ways of talking. Because ultimately, we take on we take on the voices of our caregivers. Yeah, they become our inner voice. They become the inner dialogue. And so, yeah, we call, and that's part of who you are, right? Remember we talked about who you are. So this segment then, we're going to take a look at um, who you are in, ten, in terms of the old self. Because my hope is that it will become the old self. Right? That's what this podcast is about, healing of the heart. Um, it's about healing of the heart to become a new self, right? And so let's spend a little bit of time here talking about, you know, the old self and perhaps the formation of the self. So this is a little bit of education. I really try not to bore you too much, but I hope that you'll pull up your chair a little bit, right? And just kind of give me about maybe uh, two or three minutes talking about the self, and, and, you know, as a matter of fact, can't go too much more into that because there's only a certain amount of time on a podcast. And I really want to hold your attention, too. So but if you want more information about, you know, formation of the self uh, and how to invalidate those parts and validate more of what you want, I really invite you to um, check out our women's self-esteem and self-improvement group. Um, we have those groups every Thursday at 7, um, from 7 p.m. to 8.15 p.m. in our Greenacres office, if you're really interested, or just, just want to just take a look for more information about the group, you can go to our website at nbhillc.org and go to our events page, and you can click on the Join Us link. It will take you right over to the Eventbrite, where the tickets um, are found, and you have the choice of coming every week or however it best fits your schedule. We talk a lot about um, the formation of the self. In fact, that's where we are right now. Um, we're on session three, I believe, um, looking at the formation of the self and who are you. It's really, really interesting and it's you know phenomenal. And every time I do these groups, I learn something more about myself, about other women. And But one thing remains true is that we all face the same conditioning <laughs> but we experience it in different ways but it's the same condition the outcome is being harsh um, having this critical inner dialogue about ourselves and as a result we end up having a poor self-esteem 
and that's very expensive, ladies. So let's go back now to talking about the formation of the self. So very quickly, I promised to spend two minutes, so it's 8.33, so maybe 8.35, but now it's 8.34, 8.36. So self, when we talk about the self, self implies others. How do you know you're a self? Okay, so you know you're a self because you saw, when you came out of the womb, you saw mom and dad. Um, you said probably dada first. That's how you know you're a self, because you're able to connect to somebody else, right? See, else, self, somebody, right? So that's how you know you were a self. How else you know you were a self? Well, because you had needs. You had needs. You need to be fed. You need to be, you know, changed. You need to be clothed. I mean, you, you needed to be cared for. So uh, the, the interactions, hopefully, with a nurturing mother, and let me just pause here. I was not a nurturing mother. I have to tell you that. Some of us are not born nurturers. You know, the research is clear about that, too. And, you know, I used to feel guilty about that. But I was not, I'm not, I'm not a natural nurturer. I'm not. I am more of a, my personality, that has a lot to do with my environment and how I was raised, too. And again, being open, being curious. Because for a while there, I questioned, well, gee, you know, how come I'm not the mom that, you know, likes to run to the park and, you know, um, love to go grocery shopping and love to bake. Oh my gosh, I am nothing like that. I'm telling you, my husband, oh my gosh, he is, he is that, okay, he is that. I am more of this type A personality, very, you know, um, rigid, not anymore, I've worked through those things, which is why I love Healing Up the Heart so much, this book. Healing Up the Heart really takes a look at, you know, selected pros about my life, and talking about the old me and how it impacted me so much, how it impacted the decisions I made. Um, I was a teen mom, you know, um, parenting when I was totally ill-equipped, um, when I still need, needed emotional um, development, when I still need to master social skills. I was totally ill-equipped, you know, going into this. Um, and so, yeah, I'm not a natural nurturer, obviously, because for, for some of those reasons I'm mentioning now, I mean, I'm, I was still learning the self, and the self was very much contaminated. So a contaminated self, being a teen mom, that was crazy. But now you understand, from the outset of the podcast, I said, I know that the work that I do, you know, helping women to better connect to themselves and others is legit, because I used to have a poor self-esteem. It was screaming everywhere I went, I promise. In Healing of the Heart, it tells you a lot more about that and how I overcame that. And I'm so proud of that. I'm so proud of my efforts. I'm so proud of, because these efforts are not wasted. And those years I spelled, you know, spent having a poor self-esteem, it's not wasted either. They were redeemed and I'm very thankful for that. Uh, because as a result of that, then, I am able to really help my own daughters, one, and um, believe me, they keep me on my toes. They let me know when I'm not being nurturing, seriously. Um, but it also helps me to then even have more credibility. Uh, when I work with other women in the, in the NBHI community, and when I'm teaching also, so none of this is wasted. And this is why I say from the outset, if we're curious, if we're open, believe me, your story can be redeemed too. It can and it will. So let's continue to look at the self. So self implies others. 
others, meaning, again, our caregivers and those influential persons. And at the time, we don't know that they're influential, but they're making a lot of imprints on our brain. They're making a lot of imprints on the amygdala. And so the self then, you remember we talked about the self having these different parts, you know, your physicality, um, your cognition, um, you know, your thoughts, um, your emotions, I said that, uh, your spirituality and your, you know, your cultural um, upbringing and all the different parts that go with that. And so the self, the self and then the object of the self, the object can be mom or dad because you have needs, you need to be fed, you need to explore the environment, you know. So yourself then is the subjective experience it's subjective because it's unique to you, okay? It's your subjective experience of another person, this other person being your mom or dad or whomever. Mom or dad or whomever also provides these um, maintenance of the self so you can function. And as you get older, this becomes really complex because it's no longer just changing diapers or making sure that you're fed, uh, but it's also like uh, giving you hugs you know, um, telling you that you're actually okay. Like when you make a mistake, that you're okay. Um, you know, it's speaking in positive, you know, um, language to you, especially, you know, in your early years, in your childhood years, you're exploring a lot. You know, you don't stop exploring when you're a baby, you're still exploring, so you're gonna, you're gonna not do things perfectly, but if you have caregivers that will be able to speak to you in positive terms and correct you in a positive way, then your inner dialogue, right? The way how you maintain yourself and feel about yourself will be good. And so then your self-esteem will be better. But if it's the opposite, then we know the outcome. So how is the self um, maintained? So our parents, our caregivers action to us they actually evoke emotions from us. Let me just pause here, because that's really critical. Let me give you an example. So here's the deal. So for example, let's just say um, I was dancing, right? I'm dancing. I'm from a cultural background where, you know, dancing to certain music is just not allowed, okay? And I get a spanking for that. It's a true story. Get a spanking for that. And you were told that, you know, if you keep dancing to that music, you're going to go to hell. Right? Or um, you can't wear pants because we're, I mentioned this before, it's also in the book. If you wear pants, you know, it's not ladylike. As a matter of fact, I didn't wear a pair of pants until I was when? I think when I came to America and I was actually going to PS 156 in Queens and it was cold. It was snowing, right? I had to, and it's my first pair of corduroy pants and I used to wear penny loafers because my mom dressed me preppy forever. And I was like, I'm gonna get a pair of pants. I was shocked. It was a mixed message because before, only skirts and dresses, you were not allowed to wear that. So what, what emotions did that evoke from me? Uh, well, it's a mixed message. First, so it left me feeling, well, can I wear pants? Can I wear, you know? So for me to feel like I'm good or that I'm worthy, I need to wear a dress and a skirt. If I wear pants, I'm gonna feel unholy, I'm gonna feel undeserving, I'm going to feel like I'm no good. Mm -hmm. So the, our parents' interactions, not only how they speak to us, but what they speak to us, how and what they say evokes emotions from us. It evokes responses from us. How about 
Well, when you get good grades, you know, your mom or dad, they will give you a praise. But if they, if you don't get good grades, well, uh, you don't get any praise and they ignore you and they put their focus on some other person's kid. Well, you know, uh, look at so-and-so's kid next door. You know, they got all A's and, you know, and, you know, that kind of thing. So if you think about that, our parents' words and interactions, they do evoke, right, feelings from us. They evoke thoughts. They evoke behaviors. And believe it or not, that goes into the formation of the self. And so we carry that forward in how we maintain ourselves and in that maintaining of the self. So when we keep that going, it also creates these unmet needs. Because one, so we're not, our needs are not met in the validation department. Our needs are not met in the exploration department because we can't ask about that. Our needs are not met with being able to ask questions and understand. Our, our, our needs are not met by being allowed to not be perfect about things. So you have to be perfect. If you're not perfect, then you're shamed. Oh, you didn't get all those A's or you didn't this or that. So just, just looking at these small things that accumulate over time, they can really, they do shape the self, they do. And then with these unmet needs, let me slow down here, they create what? Instincts then to do things, they create drives in us to do things that will somehow meet those needs that will make us feel like we're worthy and we're approved. And so some of these things that we do as we, be, as we get older, they, they are not what we want for ourselves. But that's because you're still trying to fill that need of being wanted or feeling approved. You know, you're still wanting that. Even if you're in a dead end job, that doesn't pay you anything. But I'm gonna do this job because this makes my, you know, this person happy or whomever you're pleasing. So we end up coming away, um, you know, doing things as people pleasing or this fancy where we're codependent on someone else because that keeps our identity or our self preserved, but truly not because inside, once again, you have this disharmony going on and it expands outward and you're truly not happy. Another way that the self is maintained while we're growing up um, is the act, again, I mentioned, is the activity of the parent or the caregiver or their presence. So what's the activity? So think about this growing up. When you were growing up, what were some activities that your parents did that were that helped you to form a good self? So it's funny, in our women's group this past week, we were talking about how do you know you were a self? How do you know? How do you know you were a self? When did you realize you were a self? I mean, you know, and whenever I ask that question, it always just it blows my mind because the responses that come, pardon, when I think I've heard it all, I haven't. I've been practicing since 2006, and I have not heard it all. I have not heard it all, right? And so when you think about um, the formation of the self, so I'm asking you tonight, when did you know that you were a self? Huh? So I know that I was a self when my, when my mom, um, my mom came to the States, I knew I was a self. And that in that moment, I felt alone. And actually, I knew a little bit earlier than that, and that's also in the book, Healing of the Heart. I knew I was a self when um, my dad, uh, who promised to visit many times, my, my aunts would get me dressed very beautifully. Um, and uh, 
he wouldn't show. That's also in the book. You get to learn more about that and the shaping that, that you know, took place from that. And so the presence or lack thereof or the activities or lack thereof, they have a lot of shaping on the amygdala. They have a lot of shaping on the brain. They can be traumatic and they really do have a place in the forming of the self. And for some persons, some persons' identity of the, of the self is perverted. Um, some persons um, had significant um, tra trauma growing up as, as children, uh, sexual trauma, physical trauma. That's when you know, for some people, that's when they knew they were a self. Yep, that's when they knew. When they had to, you know, maybe fight someone or defend themselves uh, or, or, or tell a lie. I don't know. Or you felt alone or, you know, you felt ashamed of something. That's when you felt like, that's when you re realized that you were a self. And for some people, that's age three, four, five, you name it, and on up. That's when they remember becoming a self. So if your formation of self, okay, started, right, in circumstances like the ones I'm mentioning, then the outcome will be a poor self-esteem, a poor view of self, and if we have those kind of combinations going on, then again, as I said earlier, they create these emptiness, they create, and with this void going on, then there's a drive, there's an instinct, right, to fill that. And the way we, some people do that through their, you know, they pick a certain job, I'm gonna be a doctor, because that's gonna make me, you know, important, right? I also talked about being a lawyer, you read that in the book also, and that did not go too well. But, you know, I was doing that because I wanted to be important. But truly, that's not where my fulfillment was and, or is, okay? So we're gonna pause again. We're gonna pause, we're almost finished, 847. We're finished at nine. But you know, I'm gonna play um, the other song that I love so much, I've played on here before, Fear Is Not My Future. I think now's a good time to, to actually play that um, by Maverick City, I think. Yeah, so I'm gonna pause because that was a lot of information. That was rough too. Uh, but we're looking at the topic when the obstacle is you. But by now, I think you're beginning to understand how the obstacle is you. You know, because so when we come back from the break, we'll take a look at these drives um, that we are unconsciously unaware of. You know, that's what unconscious you're unaware. I want to bring some awareness to that tonight. But when we come back from the song, I want to take a look at, you know, some of the what the formation possibly looks like. Um, in terms of when you became a self, and of course, and some of the behaviors that come from that, um, and, uh, and what we hope to do about it. So let's pause, and we're gonna play Maverick City. Fear's not my future, because you know what? We're gonna do something about that. Here we go, fear is not my, fear is not my future. Let's do it. Hey, you know when this um, I'm playing it from YouTube. It's not from my my Apple phone, but it takes it has this intro, this uh, narrative portion that they that they put out before the song starts. So um, bear with me while this begins to play.
Well, you know, a breakthrough usually comes about when we decide. When we decide that it's time to take a look at exactly what is that we're not looking at. Let's look at it. <laughs> so that's, And you know, we're, we're going to do a part two to this when the obstacles use this. We're going to do a part two to this next because we're not going to cover everything tonight. Um, I was hoping to, but then I don't need to rush. We're going to take our time. And this is how I work too in my practice. Um, if you ever worked with me or a herd, uh, I don't rush. I take my time. I try not to perpetuate um, trauma. You know, um, in our code of ethics, it says do the least amount of harm. Yep, absolutely. And so one of the things I don't do is to rush um, the work. And this is work. This is our work. This is our life work. This is your life work. And so we're not going to rush. So what else, right? What else, you know, what else is part of or is, has been a result then uh, of this uh, formation of self. Again, for some persons, I'm gonna repeat this, you know, like myself, I know I was a self when I, when I, was, uh, when I felt alone, my parents, my mom left, or I know I was a self when, you know, my dad didn't show up and I saw my other cousins with their parents and they're, you know, everything was great. When I went to school and I would see, um, you know, girls and their dad show up, you know, well, where's your mom? Oh, she's in America. <laughs> That's great. You know, you get nice clothes, pretty clothes. If you're from the Caribbean and listen to this podcast, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, you know, um, yeah, so my mom's in America. You know, I get pretty clothes, pretty shoes. Yeah, that's great. But she's not here because she has to go work or make a better life in America, supposedly. You know, it's interesting. When I ask her that question now, she's giving me permission to say it because I've asked her. I asked her this when I was uh, two, three years ago. She says, you know... <laughs> Yeah, I've been, yeah, I live here. She says, if I, if I had known a little bit better, she says, you know, when you're, when you're looking at America, it can seem so glamorous. Uh, but she says, because my mom is educated. You know, my mom is a midwife. Let me just tell you that. So my mom is educated. She came here as an educated woman. But when you come to this country, you have to start over. She did. But back in Jamaica, my mom is a nurse midwife. That is, like, amazing, right? So she, my mom is very educated. She's not uneducated. She's a skilled woman. And she gave that up to come here because, quote, unquote, this is a better place. Okay, well, she said, you know, if I could do it again, I wouldn't. I would actually stay home with my kids, which, which would be my, myself and my twin brother. She says, I would never do it, you know. I, I appreciate that because guess what? In the formation of the self, these are things that happened in the formation of the self. Loneliness took, you know, took, 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 um, took a hold and... Uh, later, later on, you know, because you're you're a kid, you don't understand those things. But nonetheless, it was still part of the self. But I had to ask. And so here's the thing tonight. Maybe some things there's some things you probably need to ask about, and hopefully you can. And if you can't ask, then you can write about them. What what you probably would have wanted to ask. So we're wrapping up. So what else we're looking at? Um, you know, when the obstacles you, because here's the deal. The deal is that when we're growing up, okay, so these things are given to us, but when we're adults, we now have the responsibility, and you're gonna hear me say this over and over again, because it's true, <laughs> you know? And if you don't like that, you're not gonna move. That was pretty bold, but it's, you're not. You're just gonna stay stuck, going around and around and around and around. You can do that. See, here's the thing. I always tell persons, you can do that, you have the choice. But understand that I, I can't do that with you because I know that's not where your healing will take place. 
And in the book, it talks about that, that um, I talked about this poetry because I had to come to that place and realize that blaming is not healing. It does not work. <laughs> it doesn't. It's funny, actually. But I'm really laughing now because I can laugh now because it, it's not. <laughs> as, as another story I wrote in there about blaming is not healing, I remember uh, when I was about maybe 23, I called my father when he was alive. I, I remember exactly where I was. And I talk about this story, not to give it away too much, but um, I called him one morning and I lost it with him. I, I always held back from my dad because to me, he was this thing. I, I idealized my dad. For a girl, that's a big deal. But then when you realize it's not what, it's, what it really, it's cut out to be, that's devastating for that self. That self is devastated. It's not good. And that self needs to recover. And that's why I like healing of the heart so much. There's a lot of opportunities to recover. And I hope that you'll check it out. So let's wind down. So what else? We have four minutes. What else? So again, I was saying about this formation of self. So I'm leaving you with this question. Number one, when did you become a self? When did you know that you were a self? Right? Right. Also in healing of the heart, um, a balance with um, you know the literature, I actually came up with a a formula, a formula to overcome unbelief. Because I have to tell you, unbelief, I had a lot of unbelief steeped into my life as a result of the formation of self and how myself was formed. I'm telling you, I had a lot of unbelief just because that's what poor self-esteem does. It robs you of having a strong belief system. You don't believe in yourself. You don't believe you can do anything. You see, that's expensive. Because if you don't believe you can do anything, you will have a life of nothing. Oh, my goodness. I, you know, I get very passionate here. You have to come to the women's group. No, really, if you don't have belief, you don't have anything. So I'm trying to wind down. Like the pastor says, I'm trying to close in the African-American lingua. I'm trying to close. I'm really trying to close. Okay. So what else? So from the formation of self... When did you when did you know you you that you were a self? Right? Is it in a moment or a situation or a circumstance or um, activity where again activity from the caregivers? Um, I'm reinforcing that. Uh, was it their presence or lack thereof? Like, as in was my case. Um, was it a sexual perversion? For some people, it is. That's a deep thing. And for that, I pause here and say. You've had sexual trauma, you need to seek professional help, I have to tell you. Um, you do need professional help. And I, I am a Christian woman saying that because I know it's true. You, you need to, if you remember at the beginning of the outset, we talked about the different parts of you. Your physical, your emotional, your cognitive, your spiritual, your cultural. So it's all there. So you need the spiritual too. I'm not, I, I can never like, you know, skip that. And I don't. You know, in my work, my, my uh, I like to say client family. I've coined the phrase uh, client family. I think client is so sterile. I, and I tell persons too, I don't like that. I like to build community. That's, that's what I'm about. But I tell persons, you know, persons, I do not skip. When I'm doing an assessment, I have persons to talk about their spiritual background. And the research shows that a lot of clinicians don't ask about it. And it's a deficit to the work. So how can I skip that? So if you're listening to this podcast and you've suffered childhood abuse, sexual abuse, physical abuse, you do need, you do need uh, professional help and professional support uh, because perhaps uh, your pastor or clergy is not uh, prepared or skilled to ask you those particular questions. 
and perhaps should not. That's a boundary issue, okay? So I'm gonna say here, if you've had that, you do need to get help. I'm not kidding, all right. So for some persons, their view of self is, uh, was created when they know that there were a self was in sexual perversion, sexual trauma, and so you have this big shame going on and you try to cover that what, by having multiple relationships or not having any at all or just having dysfunctional ones, any or all of that, I don't know. Um, but ultimately, you know, the way how we talk to ourselves um, is really shaped by when we fully, when we understood when we became a self. I close on that. And so we're gonna now take a look at, so let me give you a heads up about the next podcast. We're gonna take a look at the formation of the self, these different things that have come out of our, the identity piece and to see how perhaps that shows up um, in your day-to-day -day living. So there's a part two to the obstacle is you, sis. And I'm really passionate. If you're listening to this podcast, which I hope you will share it, because uh, I'm really, listen, we need to help each other. We need to build each other up. You know, that situation in Iran with that 22-year-old where she was beaten to death because she didn't wear her hijab, right? We need to support each other. We're in a society where actually we can do it without these constraints and being beaten to death. And so I feel like if we have this freedom, you know, let's make good use of it, at least while we still have it, right? So thank you for listening to this podcast this evening. What time is it? Yes, it's 9 o'clock on the dot. We're going to go out with There's Not My Future. And I hope you'll join me again in two weeks. So this is the first. And so we'll be back with our uh, episode six. When the obstacles you sis on October 15th at 8 p.m. Until then, here's that my future.